0: and welcome to the Untitled Gen X Podcast. Podcast hosted by two childhood best friends dedicated to the pop culture that raised us.
1: I'm Kate, a writer, a midwife, a current day pop culture
0: know nothing, but nobody puts baby in a corner when it comes to the pop culture of my youth. And I'm Lori, a writer and pop culture lover who's still not over how my so-called life left us hanging.
1: Hey guys, today we're talking about singer, songwriter, actress, feminist, activist and all-around queen Cindy Lopper and her breakout 1983 debut album she's so unusual.
0: We'll be diving into the album's bops, ballads, and sometimes unusual music videos including Girls Just Want to Have Fun, She Bop, Time After Time, and All Through the Night. Hey Kate. Hey Laurie. How are you doing? I'm well, how are you? I'm good. I'm really excited to be tackling Cindy Lopper. Yes.
1: I mean, we did Madonna. Exactly. Cyndi Lauper comes next.
0: And I feel like I knew, I knew Cyndi Lauper. Obviously, I was a fan of Girls Just Want to Have Fun, the movie and the song, but she wasn't really like my favorite. When we were kids, I mean, we were seven when this album came out. And I'll be honest with you, I thought she was a little too, like, quirky for me. I found her mildly, I don't want to use the word scary, but she was so different Yes, that I was a little honestly put off by it as a young kid. Does that make any sense? It makes total and complete sense
1: because, yes, that's exactly kind of how I felt. Like in my young mind, like Cindy Lauper, like she was cool, but like she was just a little like too far out there for like yes. m- where I was in my suburban childhood.
0: <laughs> Agreed. Like she was like out there meat dress Lady Gaga for me at that time. Like I was like, oh, she's so different. I don't know. I can't really relate. She didn't feel accessible to me, but right now looking back at her career and how like ahead of her time she was, this is the thing about her that I love the most, but it was the thing that kind of scared me. If you want to use the word scared as a kid, I think, yeah, like
1: intimidated, perhaps. Yes. Intimidated. That's a better word. Very intimidating and just felt very inaccessible to me. Like it was hard for me to relate to her. I really liked girls just want to have fun. Me too. She felt very wild to me. (laughs)
0: Agree. That's what, and- like, like she was just wild and out there. And I'm like, I don't know. I can't process this in my young mind. As
1: I was watching all the videos, I saved Sheba for last. But I think as soon as, cause I was watching all the other videos and I was like, I mean, she's funky and whatever, but like, I mean, I feel like maybe I was overreacting as a kid. <laughs> and-,
0: and then I watched Sheba. And I was like, oh, oh no. no. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> completely justified and feeling a little bit uncomfortable.
1: So, but what is so interesting to me now is like an adult and a feminist and an activist and all of these things. Like, what a role model, you know? <laughs> like,
0: so, she wasn't a cookie cutter pop star like she was she came from new wave origins and she had something to say and she was trying to break barriers and she did it she did it she did I have mad respect for her she
1: also has somehow like magically managed to like cash in on a lot of Uh, sort of commercial marketing success and yet not seem like she's really selling out. Like, wasn't True Colors like a big Kodak
0: thing? Was it? I
1: don't know. I think it was. Like back when we all printed our pictures on paper. (laughs) Like what? And color was really important. I think it was. I think True Colors Mm. was used in a Kodak ad campaign. And then she also is like a
0: spokesperson for a psoriasis. Yes. plaque She is. Cosentix. For moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, which she has. Right.
1: So, so it's interesting that she has managed to sort of walk that fine line. So I feel like she just made some smart business moves.
0: Yeah, she's a smart woman. So let's get into the album. She's So Unusual. It was her debut album. I mean, she was in a band before this. And I think that they put out an album or two, but this was where she was a solo artist And it was her debut album released on October 14th, 1983. It had six singles and it sold more than 16 million copies worldwide.
1: I feel like six singles is a lot for an album. For
0: one album, yeah. Yeah. And she was the first female artist to have four top five singles on the Hot 100 from One album. I
1: believe it there this I mean there were good songs on this album oh
0: solid and the album peaked at number four on the billboard top 200 and it had six Grammy award nominations and it won for best recording package and best new artist in
1: 1985
0: yay Cindy go Cindy yeah she was a force like for sure She was born with the name Cynthia Ann Stephanie Lauper, and she was bullied as a kid because she had eccentric style. So this Mm. is just a thing that is just so her. Right. Like that's
1: just how she was the woman that she is. Which I feel like sometimes they try to like
0: market people that way. Yeah. Like you manufacture a quirky person, but no, that was true to who she was. Right.
1: And it doesn't ever quite work because like the quirky person isn't truly quirky, but yeah, no, she was just sort of being herself. I mean, it intimidated us, but it
0: worked. (laughs) (laughs) We're a little bit afraid of it, but now we appreciate it.
1: We were also quite young.
0: We were quite young and quite suburban. I mean, that's the word, right? We were
1: very, very suburban. We were tucked away in suburbia. We lived on a, on a cul-de-sac. cul-de-sac. <laughs> we were very sheltered. Very sheltered.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Cindy was not suburban though. She grew up in New no. York and she left home at 17 and she ended up in Canada for a time where she spent two weeks in the woods trying to find herself with her dog Sparkle.
1: I know. I like this story. I too have gone to the woods to try to find myself, not in Canada, because Canada (laughs) did not want me there. They gave me a very hard time. What happened? I mean, in all fairness, I had a lot of junk in my car. It's a long story. They thought that I was like trying to sneak into their country to live. And I was like, no, I'm just passing through. I was on my way to Acadia National Park. I was going to cut through Canada. I wanted to see Niagara Falls. And they... (laughs)
0: that's just a testament though, because clearly that's a thing that was happening in the U.S. at that time. People were trying to escape and live in Canada.
1: Like they finally let me in. I'm just going to, I already paid for my hostel. I'm going to stay here a night and then I'm going to go back through America. And then the American guy gave me a hard time too. (laughs) And I was like, you have to let me back into my own country. (laughs) So good for her. Good that she was able to go and find herself in the Canadian woods.
0: There you go. And she's just like. When I think about her, she's like a human Rainbow Bright.
1: Yeah, I guess actually Rainbow Bright had a little bit of an edge to her, didn't she? She wasn't all like unicorns and flowers and puppies. She's so
0: colorful and bright and eccentric, and that's Cindy. And so the album cover art was photographed on Henderson Walk in Coney Island, New York in the summer of 83 by Annie Leibovitz. Very cool. I think we should start with Shebop because it's definitely the weirdest video. Definitely. It did reach number three on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, but it was such a different sound that it, it wasn't my favorite.
1: Yeah, I didn't dislike it. It just didn't hold my attention. And Also, so there was a lot of controversy about this song that went right over my head. Oh, same. Like, when I think about it, like, the only lyrics I really knew were the she-bop parts. I didn't know any of the other lyrics. And also, uh, I was today years old when I figured out (laughs) what this Mm -hmm. song was actually about, which is female masturbation.
0: Which, for 1983, like, wow. That's shocking. The song was inspired by a gay porn magazine, called Blue Boy that she found, I think, in the studio. And this song was included on the Parents Music Resource Center's Filthy 15 list, which led to the creation of the parental advisory label. Very scandalous, Katie. She recorded the song Topless. Oh, like in the recording studio? In the when recording she... studio.
1: Interesting. That seems uncomfortable to me. Like I imagine <laughs> recording studios to be cold. Um... And I felt like back then she probably had like wires everywhere, right? Like. <laughs> right. But I mean, good for her. Like there's no shame.
0: Free the nipple. And. <laughs> <laughs> And like, she wouldn't publicly disclose what the song was about. She wanted the young kids to think it was about dancing. Like us, the young kids, like the seven-year-olds? Exactly. She wanted people to think it was- Job well done. (laughs) About dancing. And then later come to the realization of what it was really about. But the video does hint at- I mean, the lyrics, like
1: really, it, but although I have to say, so I watched the video. Mm-hmm. I think I was like having flashbacks to my youthful, intimidated self because I was like, I don't, what's going on? I don't even understand. Like, what is this song even about?
0: Like, I had to look it up. I needed help.
1: Right, so then I looked at the show notes because Lori is very prepared and she goes <laughs> and she does all of this really cool this stuff and research.
0: research, people. So I went
1: and looked at the show notes and I was like, oh and so then I went back and watched it and I took notes of all of the things first of all like it starts out and I didn't even think about this but like her car's all steamy and you see her heels up in the air but she's alone in the she's car alone. with the magazine
0: but before we get to that point yeah. let's talk about Burger Clone so we open on this like futuristic- Doesn't it say like 20 billion sold out? Yes, it says over 20 <laughs> billion sold out, like a play on McDonald's a little, over- little judgment there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> over how many have been served. So it's this like weird restaurant with lines of people going in, like moving in unison. And when they come out of the restaurant, they're all wearing like white polos and white pants and white shoes and like- they're stoically walking in But like line. dingy,
1: like almost like light gray, like not like stark Okay, light.
0: Yeah. And it's weird. Like they're all holding cafeteria trays with these like sad, pathetic burgers on them and like a strawberry quick type drink.
1: Okay. So the sad, pathetic burgers. Do you remember the burgers that they used to feed us in middle school?
0: I didn't buy cafeteria lunches. I brought my own.
1: Okay. I mostly brought my own, but- I for sure ate a few of the burgers from my middle school Mm -hmm. and they were like, I think they steamed them. Like, I feel like they came, maybe they didn't come in bags. Maybe they came in like weird wrapping and they were probably like 50% soy protein isolate or something. (laughs)
0: A big ball of mush because these no, burgers they were are a, sad.
1: No, they were like bad burgers washed, like, and oh. like the way the burger looks when they put it outside her car window like, that was the middle school burger.
0: Wow. So these burgers looked gross and sad. And this is when we go outside and we see Cindy alone steaming up the car and she's looking at a, a graphic magazine. Yes. Not, not to be confused with a graphic novel. (laughs) (laughs) No, a graphic adult type magazine. Right. So Wiki describes her character as a quirky sexual liberator in this video, and she's reading Beefcake magazine. So she gets out of the car to talk to a biker guy On a motorcycle who's wearing like a moto jacket that says beefcake charms on the back and i was wondering did you think this was the same guy from the time after time video all of the actors are like in
1: different videos because the the mom and the dad from girls just want to have fun
0: are in it also okay well the mom and girls just want to have fun is her real mom yeah but cindy looks super cute like she's wearing a green bustier and a paperboy hat and, you know, a fluffy skirt like she does with lots of belts. And then did you see this? Like the SWAT, S-W-A-T, rolls in with people dressed in like their jammies with rollers in their hair.
1: Yes, this was a recurring theme in a couple of her videos. It's like those sponge rollers. Yes. Which we all knew and loved.
0: Oh, yes. I was a big, <laughs> big, big fan.
1: Not super comfortable to sleep in, but good effect the following day. They
0: worked. But did you notice the SWAT stood for Suburban Wives Against Transgressors?
1: No. Yeah. Good catch.
0: Yeah. So then we all of a sudden are at Uncle Siggy's Master Bingo. Master right. Bingo. <laughs> Master Bingo. Hosted by Uncle Siggy, Sigmund Freud. Right. And he's like the MC.
1: And he's holding a book yes. that says Id and Out. Yes. Which
0: is, you know, a little play on words there. Sure. And Cindy wins bingo. Cause Cindy's a Cindy's a winner.
1: Yes. Cause she <laughs> got to the prize. Yes, she
0: got to the Good prize. Job Cindy. <laughs> we see like there's just all these people going into this burger joint and like Cindy goes and stands in line and then she gets out. My question is are they normal people going in and then zombies coming out?
1: I don't know. I don't really understand.
0: <laughs> I still so, all these years later not cool enough <laughs> to get it. It's to get it. <laughs> there's a lot of nuance to this video actually. Like so then Cindy jumps in the motorcycle sidecar. Right. Oh, no, at one point she taught. There's a line about vibration. What's the line? Oh yes. And the, and-
1: the little sidecar is vibrating, and that's when I was like, oh yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: And she jumps in the sidecar and she speeds off. Suddenly, like the motorcycle driver and the setting and everything is like a drawing. It's like a comic drawing, but Cindy is in live action. She's still in live action. And then the SWAT vehicles chasing them and she's screaming and they go through like a cartoon tunnel. And then she comes out of it, a cartoon and everything's in black and white, except for her crazy red hair, her cartoon red hair. Right.
1: This is a super common theme in early videos is like some element of it being animated
0: and like, (laughs) like aha, take on me. Yeah. And then, but there's also that video is amazing. It
1: is. It's still
0: amazing.
1: That was the first video I ever saw.
0: It's a good one. That's a good first video. Mine was Van Halen's hot for teacher, (laughs) which there you go.
1: The cartoon part is really where you get a lot of clues about the fact that this video is very centered on
0: female masturbation. Because they're passing by signs. Did you see them? They say soft shoulders, medium soft shoulders, which I don't know what that means. Is that a euphemism for something? And then one that says, get off here. Get off here. Yeah, that was you great. saw that, yeah. Um, and
1: then also the self-service station.
0: Yes. She gets ejected like out of the sidecar at the gas station under the words self-serve. And did you see how the gas was labeled? No. The gas pumps? Good, better, Nirvana. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. So she then runs away from the SWAT and they grab her, and now we're back in like live action, and she's in court pleading her case to like a police officer slash judge. Judge, right. Yes. <laughs> I think he's meant to represent authority. Authority. <laughs> and she breaks like free from the handcuffs or like shackles of whatever. Of the SWAT. <laughs> uh, of the SWAT and like what? Repressed sexuality. I don't know. I don't know what it's intended. Repressed sexuality in our puritanical culture. Is that possible? Especially in 1983.
1: Female repressed sexuality in 1983.
0: I'm shocked. Shocking. So now she's in front of like white stairs and she's dressed in a white suit and top hat. And she's wearing sunglasses and dancing with a white cane. And from what I read online, like, this is to represent, like, the myth of masturbation will cause blindness. Like, if you do it too much, you'll go blind. Oh. So Ah. she's dressed like a, quote, unquote, vision-impaired person with sunglasses and a white cane. They said that's what that represents.
1: Who's they? Wiki?
0: The wise people of the internet.
1: I don't know. I feel like that's a little, I thought maybe you were saying like the contrast of like them being in like pure bright colors, sort of signifying like, there's nothing wrong with this. It's fine. Like, it's all good
0: she's joined by the motorcycle guy again and he's dressed the same as her like you know dressed in white with the sunglasses and the cane they do a little dance routine and i like my interpretation which is that like everybody bops man we're all good the end credit comes up and it says and in the immortal words of francois de la Brioski, quote everybody bops and that's the end it's true she never publicly addressed what this was about because she wanted radio airplay
1: which is so hilarious because like there's really like when you watch it with that lens there's no mistaking what this is about the video is chaotic probably whatever was going on in the media about this with you know what what was that the parental controls people Uh also like lent to that image but it's also funny because like, if they're all worried about like, oh, kids are going to like pick up on this, probably more people figured out that's what it was about by them making a big deal of it. than,
0: it, like, I didn't know I wasn't, that was not what I was thinking about. Madonna's Like a Virgin came out in 84, which was a whole year later. And that was shocking. And that was just right. But also- the word virgin, this video was so much more suggestive than that video.
1: Well, and what
0: I think is probably more bothersome about
1: this video is it's a woman pleasuring herself, right? So in Madonna's video, it's all about like a woman needing a man and all that stuff. This is like a woman taking charge of her own sexual enjoyment. And that's very threatening to some people I hear.
0: And especially by 1983 standards. So
1: do you remember when the Surgeon General, Jocelyn Elders... She recommended masturbation as the safest sex, which, let's be honest, people, it is. What year was this? She was the Surgeon General from 1993 to 94. Okay. They gave her a really hard time for recommending that, which just seems crazy. Which (laughs) is a decade later from when this was released. Go Cindy Lauper for liberating us all and telling us it's all okay for us to bop.
0: (laughs) She bop, he bop, we all bop. (laughs) It's good. In the immortal words of Francois Delaprioski. <laughs> right. Right. So we have to talk about girls just want to have fun because this was really like my true introduction to Cindy Lauper. Right. We love the movie when we were kids. Um, I might still have that movie on my bookshelf. It's a good one. It's like almost a feminist anthem. And it's interesting because it was written by Robert Hazard and it was first recorded in 1979 by him and it was really like written from a male point of view and then when cindy lopper decided to record it it was changed a little bit to be more of this anthem for female solidarity and camaraderie it's often played at weddings it's like just the anthem for girls getting together and having a good time and sisterhood it's so interesting
1: because the idea of it being sung by a man makes the whole message a little condescending.
0: Well, I don't know what the original lyrics of the song were, but I think it was inspired by a breakup. And maybe this was a woman that Robert Hazard was in a relationship with. And she was like, you know what? I want to be young and I want to be free. And maybe from his point of view, it was like, okay, so all girls want to do is just go have fun. You know what I mean? Like, who knows the spirit in which it was written? I'm glad
1: that it ended up the way that it ended up when it made it into like mainstream release, because it really is an anthem. I felt like as a young girl, it was empowering and enjoyable and like silly and all of these things. And so I'm glad that that's how it came out. And I really feel like Cindy Lauper probably was the appropriate person to do this song, right? Because like, it would have had a whole different vibe to it if Madonna had done it, right? Oh, I think so. So she sort of gave it enough of that like grittiness to make it not feel like a super uber bubblegum pop song.
0: Right. Yeah, and this was the first single released on the album and it reached number two on the Billboard Top 100 and the video won the MTV Video Music Award for Best Female Video in 84. Which is kind of funny because the video i remember like looking at it and i was like wow videos have come a long way since this time it was fun i enjoyed it i smiled but like best female video right like what was the competition i don't Mm know madonna's like a virgin came out in 84 right is that video better i mean honestly
1: yeah like like (laughs) in terms of like (laughs) location (laughs) and like cinematography (laughs) and all that stuff yeah it was but who knows when it, I mean, because would that have been eligible for the 84, 84 or 85? Yeah, awards? I'm not sure. Probably not. It was mm-hmm. probably the next year. Okay. But it's a fun video. It it's is enjoyable. a fun video.
0: We see a woman in the kitchen cooking. This is Cindy's real mom. Her name is Katrine. And she's cracking like dozens of eggs. <laughs> like, did you see? Like, she's to the beat. Breakfast. <laughs> to the beat. She's cracking eggs to the beat. And she is so totally frustrated. And why is she frustrated? because Cindy's not home, you guys. It's morning time, she's making breakfast. Where is my daughter, Cindy? And we see Cindy outside of like New York apartments And she's just like a beautiful unicorn. And she's dancing down the street in a black fedora and a peach prom type dress with lots of belts. And she's got the fire red hair, tons of jewelry and bracelets. And she's doing that signature Cindy dance. It's so signature to her where she's holding her dress. Right. And she does that like walking with the aggressive, like fluffing the dress as she walks. So she's dancing down the street and we flash back to her mom in the kitchen who's looking at her watch like, where is she? And Cindy comes in from a night out and sings to her exasperated mom and dances through the house. This
1: video is like so chock full of 1980s fashion memorabilia.
0: (laughs) Even the house.
1: Harvest gold.
0: (laughs) There was like harvest gold. There was lots of browns. There was some avocado greens. Like it was just everything about it was so of the time. Early 80s. And then when she gets to the lyric of the phone rings in the middle of the night. It's the middle of the night. She's wearing jammies. She answers the phone and she encounters her dad. And her dad is so mad that the phone rang. And he's wearing like a white tank and track pants. And he's got like dark, like this dark curly mullet, right? very aggressive beard. And he lectures her and she's wearing her cute little leopard pajamas, which if I could find those today, I would wear them.
1: This was a thing back in the day, right? Like if you got a phone call too late, if you were on the phone late and your parents like, like some, you know, some phones had like a little flashing light that like, if, if somebody was on the phone, the light would flash. Mm
0: -hmm. And so
1: like, if your parents had one of those, you couldn't be on the phone late because (laughs) what was the rule in your house?
0: Like you couldn't talk on the phone after what time? You know, I don't know that. I don't know, but I I do know. That once
1: I was on the phone with our curly haired friend. Uh Uh-huh. And it was, I don't, it was like 10 30. And I was probably 16 or 17. And my dad knocked on my door and he said, Who are you talking to? And I told him, and he said, It's past your bedtime. You have to go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) And I was Is it a school night, Katie? I I hope so. My goodness. (laughs) I was just like, uh, I'm sorry past my bedtime I have to go
0: Uh, and I was Bet that's exactly how you said it that's exactly how I said it but in my house we had a rule that you couldn't be on the phone after 10 apparently in my house too I just didn't know (laughs) it And also you couldn't call someone before 10 AM because that was rude. Oh, this was a big thing.
1: I can remember like waiting, like do you, so in our neighborhood (laughs) on the weekends, like back in the day when you could just show up at people's door uh, without texting or anything. Right. Like what? I want to text. I want to text before someone even calls me. If I'm not expecting you and you knock on my door. Like, I'm not going to answer
0: it because my exact
1: thought is anyone I would know would text first.
0: Yeah. And you couldn't like, back to your story, you couldn't show up at someone's door before a certain time of day to be like, can so-and-so come play?
1: Right. No, we would wait until like 10 o'clock. And then it was like, okay.
0: Like Then it was okay. It was like, life begins. They set us loose. <laughs> life begins at 10 and it ends at 10. Right.
1: Which is actually, I mean, really like my phone. Now I don't even know who it was that sent, sent this text, but I got a text last night at like 1030. And I was like, who's sending me a text at this time? Like, I was kind of annoyed. So late. (laughs) Because I do, I do kind of mourn that time where you could just shut off. It it was unacceptable for people to call. If somebody called during the dinner hour, you just didn't answer the phone, right? Uh, It was almost always a telemarketer. So there you go. And that that was totally acceptable. And now we live in this world where like, you're expected to be accessible 24-7. I turn my phone off at night.
0: It's smart. Yeah, that constant accessibility with our employers, with The people we know with the people we don't know. It's exhausting. It is. And I'm done. I have an expiration. Like I am done peopling at about eight o'clock. Right. Especially now.
1: It's hard for me because I'm so used to spending time by myself that like it doesn't take a lot for me to get socially overwhelmed. (laughs) I'm exhausted. I started this thing as an introvert. I don't know what I am now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is there like a new term?
1: <laughs> right.
0: Like we've evolved. I, like what, what's more
1: introverted than an introvert? Than introvert? I don't know. But whatever it is, I think I'm that now. <laughs> like a hibernating person is what I've become.
0: Yeah, it's super weird. And so the idea of like Cindy being out all night, I've never been a person who could hang. Never. Even in my quote unquote wildest, which was never wild days, I get tired. The idea of being out all night long. I don't know that I've ever done that. I don't know that I could if I wanted to.
1: As a midwife, I have been up for 24 hours many, many times. Uh and, and I have I have for sure stayed up all night a few times. You didn't when we were in high school for like cast parties when we were in the I don't the know. Sun. You were one of those kids who fell
0: asleep. Huh? I'd fall asleep in the yeah. corner. Even on grad night. We went to grad night for a while, then we went and we did like some bowling or something. And then we went somewhere else. I slept in the car alone. Cause that's safe. Everyone went off and did their thing. <laughs> I went to sleep in the car. I'm always someone who's tired.
1: That's a funny. What did we do after that?
0: I don't know. I think people went to Denny's and I stayed in the parking lot in the car. You didn't even go to Denny's. Wow. No, I was tired. I have to sleep. <laughs> I may have been, well, we just won't talk about what I was doing that night. <laughs> I have fine. an idea, but I'm not going to sure, talk about it. It was very it pure and
1: innocent and didn't involve anything I shouldn't have been doing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so she's on the phone with all of her little 80s friends, and they're all so perfectly 80s out with their wild hair and bold eyeshadows. But what I love the most about this was, phones. and their corded, their corded friends, phones. her group of girlfriends were so very diverse. And they that's were diverse. what I really enjoyed about the video which for 1983 is impressive. Yeah, and then at the chorus of the song, we see all eight of them together singing and moving their heads in unison. Right, which is the part of the video that I remember. Everybody just like- This is where we get the special special effects, Katie. Like the really special ones. Right. Like we see them in a circle. Like their video becomes like a circle and there's a purple screen behind them. And then there's some like colored circles and bubbles. And then the video breaks apart. And then wow. Oh my God, it comes back together. Like double wow. Like these are like it's very fancy. fancy. very fancy. And then we see Cindy in like a cute straw fedora and a red formal dress. And she's singing into the camera about how some boys take a beautiful girl and hide her away from the rest of the world. And we see like an old movie of a gorilla taking a beautiful woman into a cave. Don't do that, men. <laughs> and we see Cindy like put on some funky sunglasses along with all of her BFFs and we get all of the 80s sunglasses. Yeah, it's, Go watch it's fun. It. And we get more like fancy, fancy, Video effects. And then all the girls are like dancing through the New York City streets in like a conga line. And it's headed by Cindy. And it's kind of fun because it was largely a volunteer cast. And so her brother's in the video. She's dancing, one of the men that she dances with, it's like her attorney in real life. (laughs) And her business managers in the video and some receptionists from Portrait CBS are also in the video, which was kind of fun. And they all end up back at Cindy's house. And the parents are super confused. Like, who are all these people from the New York City streets in our home? And they make their way into Cindy's room. And like her boyfriend comes in with flowers for her. There's a pizza delivery guy in there. Like, it's just a party going on. And also
1: like a gourmet waiter with like a silver
0: platter. Why not? (laughs) Why not? Why not? The video actually cost less than $35,000 to make. And this does not surprise me. Yeah, No, me neither. And they borrowed uh, equipment from Lorne Michaels to film the video. Of Saturday Night Live fame. It's a fun video. It's fun. And the song is great. And it was just a fun revisit because of all the videos, that was the one I remembered the most. Yeah, for sure. The last video we're going to talk about is Time After Time, and Epic Records wanted to release this song as the first single on the album, but Cindy didn't want that to be the first release because she was afraid she was going to get sort of like boxed in or pigeonholed into this idea that she was just a ballad singer.
1: Which is interesting Mm -hmm. because Skid Row had that same issue. Like
0: apparently being a ballad singer is like a big no-no. I think it's perhaps easier to be a band or a singer or an artist who, can do pop And then transition to ballad rather than be strictly known as a ballad singer or ballad band and break out into something funkier or harder. I think it's easier to be like, this is me and all my hard and amazing glory. Oh, but I have a soft side instead of I'm known as this soft person who then puts out bangers. Well, and I wonder if that is something that shifted around that time. Like maybe
1: people were really classified into like ballad singers and not ballad singers. And then this like is easy listening crossover, versus, right.
0: yes. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. So maybe this is when the, because now it's super common that people have both on an album.
0: Right. And I don't know, like with Radio Airplay, if there re- was really a crossover between the two. So this was her first number one single on the charts. And it was written by Cyndi Lauper and Rob Hyman. And what's interesting too is the song has been recorded by a lot of artists, but Miles Davis actually recorded a version on his 1985 album, You're Under Arrest. That's pretty cool. Hmm. So I watched the video and I thought to myself, what exactly am I watching? Apparently in doing research, I learned... This is supposedly a song or a video about a woman who feels unworthy of love. So she feels the need to run away.
1: Uh, what I wrote in my notes. What'd you write? Literally all my relationships. Oh, okay. Oh, Uh-oh. But like literally all my relationships. Oh, that's really sad. I have twice moved to a new state in the middle of a
0: relationship. Well, that's kind of what Cindy does in this video. I know, hence my note. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, let's talk about it. I, I think we need to do some unpacking here, Katie. Okay. <laughs> I think I think this is going to be therapeutic for everyone involved. Do a podcast. They said <laughs> it'll be it'll fun. Be fun. <laughs> Look, I feel like we're peeling the layers away. We're learning more about you with every episode, right? <laughs> yes. So we open on a trailer in the woods, and Cindy's inside with her. Sleeping mullet wearing boyfriend who I swear to God is the same guy from the Sheba video. It's totally the same guy. I
1: actually meant to like look up who he was. Yeah, me too. Like, were they
0: in a relationship IRL at the time? Right, or were they just good friends? Yeah, is he her manager? (laughs) Yeah, is he her (laughs) attorney? I don't know. (laughs) Who knows? And she's watching like an old romantic movie while hugging a plastic nipper, that famous dog from like the old. It's that terrier mixed dog. That's it like the Our Gang dog?
1: No, that's No, spot.
0: I don't know. Was it Columbia?
1: Yeah, something like that. I know. Advertising, I
0: know but it's actually, that was based on an 1895 painting called His Master's Voice of a terrier mixed dog looking into the Edison Bell cylinder phonograph. So it's that same dog though. She's mouthing the words to the movie and she has bright red hair and her boyfriend and sings to him in bed. And we see a flashback of a blonde Cindy working behind the counter in a store. Her boyfriend comes in and he gives her a lunchbox, like yeah, she I think forgot she her forgot lunch forgot at her home. Lunch. Okay, yeah, and okay. he brought. I'm her like, her is lunch. she excited that she received this lunchbox as a gift, or yeah. is he just bringing her her lunch? No, but it's
1: like that great lunchbox that like we all had in that elementary school—the metal, school. the metal the one, lock. With, you know, whatever character on it. Yeah. It's a great thing.
0: Yeah. Hopefully there was a fruit roll in there right. and she hops over the counter and she hugs him and we see her go into a diner to meet up with him and his friends. And she takes off her hat and she's got bright red hair with like the one side shaved And she's got the pattern. And he like doesn't like her hair. No, he does not. And he gets mad and she storms off. And she's wearing this like really cool blue shimmer jacket and poofy sparkle skirt. And she's like running off and she sees a hologram. Like sort of, right? It's like a hologram of her mom sweeping and she reaches out to touch <laughs> her mom. I mean,
1: a hologram makes it sound like Back to the Future. Like it makes it like it was like a like memory, full, like, like a, a memory image,
0: but like image a hologram. Cause she goes her. to touch it and her mom's not there, which I was like, oh my God, her mom died. But her mom didn't die. It's just like a memory. We get another flashback to a blonde Cindy as a young girl. Which she makes a super believable young girl. (laughs) Well, I would agree with that with the, except I would say whenever they want to make anyone look young, they're like, put them in overalls, put them in pigtails, put them in a sideways baseball cap. Like it was just so like cliche. And she's sitting at the kitchen table doing her homework with a glass of milk and she hugs her mom who's sweeping. Poor mom, always sweeping. She hugs her mom. It's all very wholesome. And back at the trailer, we see Cindy like packing a bag and she leaves and she's got that like giant army type duffel and a hat box, like (laughs) these are the things I'm bringing my hat box, my giant army duffel, and I'm going to wear cute plaid pants, which fine. And he wakes up and he runs after her and they hug, but back inside the trailer, he helps her pack again.
1: No, no, no. That's what I thought too. I was like, "Okay, What's going on? he's packing his bag. She's helping him pack his suitcase."
0: I thought that, but then he takes her home to say goodbye to her mom. Yep. And then takes her to the train station.
1: He was going to go. He was going to go? I missed that. Hence why it's like all of my relationships. I I'm
0: very familiar with this story. <laughs> I did miss that because at first I wrote, she helped him pack. And then when he took her to the train station, I scratched that out and wrote, he helped her pack because she left.
1: So she starts to go. And like, all of a sudden he like slows way down and he sets down the suitcase and she's like, what's going on? I thought you were coming. And he actually mouths, I can't go. He Um, does.
0: I miss that. I can't And he also, the
1: important part too, is that that, bag stays with him it doesn't go with her onto the train I didn't catch that either so and I, I'm not saying that I relate to this scene at all <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm not saying I don't I'm just saying to this that scene I at all Understood what was going on, perhaps almost intuitively. Wow. Basically, he's like, I can't go. And so the sort of overarching theme that I see from this, which may or may not be colored by my own personal experience, (laughs) is that... She sort of starts expressing herself, right? She starts to right, become hair, her own woman right. and have her own priorities. And he's not cool with that. And so she's like, fine, if you're not cool with this, I'm just going to go on my merry way. And he's like, no, 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 wait, you're an awesome girl. I'm going to go with you. But then in the last moment, he's like, "No, nope, I'm sorry. I don't want to do it. And she's like, all right, well, I am my own woman. So I'm going to go but I will always be there for you time after time.
0: It was really sad because they were both clearly in pain and both clearly right. in love with each other. It was very heartbreaking. And of course we get yes, that beautiful, is. beautiful actor moment. Like you talked about before where Cindy's you know, on the train and she has that one single teardrop, that beautiful, yeah. perfect teardrop. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think she also signs time after time. I think that's what she's doing with her hands and that, last scene oh and I was like is that sign language I I think that that's just like snuck in there or I'm making it up it's a sad song you know she's basically saying like I'll be here for you but also I'm gonna do my own thing
0: I need to be true to myself
1: I may be projecting
0: I'm just saying it's a beautiful song it really is I quite like it even though it's sad it is sad. And we just wanted to touch on All Through the Night. I swore to God there was a music video for this song. Apparently there is not. I have manufactured one in my brain that involves a cat. And I know there's a lyric about a cat, but I swear there was a video. <laughs> there isn't. All Through the Night was another favorite on this album. And it was written by Jules Cheer. And that song reached number five on the charts. And what's kind of cool about that song is... The Cars actually recorded a version of it, but it was never released on an album. Interesting. Yeah. I would have loved to have heard the Cars rendition of the song because I love the Cars. Rick Ocasek, may you rest in peace. <laughs> Yeah, I don't but know why it, I laughed that wasn't it, really a perfect <laughs> laugh. I'm sorry <laughs> You're laughing at the fact that Rico Kasich is no longer with us No That's I was a laughing at like that, the good but, memories okay. of the. Concert. Yeah no that was a Beautiful ballad too so I can kind of see like it said there were six Singles off the album but these are Four that we've talked about and two of them have Been you know sort of pop singles And two have been ballads so
1: Yeah and this by far was my Favorite song on this album And this has got to get downloaded onto my phone because I have not heard it in a really long time Mm -hmm. and it holds up really well. I really, it's beautiful. And there's a line in it that says until it ends, there is no end. And I was like, wow, that's true. That didn't describe 2020.
0: (laughs) Okay, we are on the other side of 2020 We are now. on the other side. Okay, it did I, end,
1: but until it, it, it ended- It
0: actually ooh. did end. We were a little bit- Like, if you go back and listen to that Friends episode that we did-
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you all for gently welcoming in yes. 2021. Still though, still gentle.
0: Still gentle. Still still I mean, early. We're in the early stages.
1: It's, everything f- seemed fine. <laughs> a year ago at this time. Just remember that. Oh
0: my God. Yeah, it's true. And then it all just came crashing down. I know. So in recent Cindy-ish news. Because she is still doing really Oh cool my stuff. gosh. She's more relevant than ever. She won the Tony Award, uh, you know, just a small thing called a Tony Award for the best original score for composing the Broadway musical Kinky Boots in 2013, which I saw Kinky Boots and it is Fan effing tastic! I know
1: how I have not seen this. I don't know. The like, music I, actually, is
0: incredible. I do. Grad school, why. <laughs> <laughs> it's visually beautiful. It is so empowering. It's just feel good. You walk out of the theater like light as air. It was just such a beautiful musical loved it celebrates individuality and kinky boots also won five other tonys including best new musical and she was also nominated for a tony in 2018 for her contribution to the spongebob squarepants the broadway musical score and currently she is writing the score for the musical production of Working Girl. Interesting. Don't you love it?
1: Working Girl, I look forward to seeing. I'm probably going to skip SpongeBob SquarePants. I actually
0: heard it was fantastic. (laughs) I just- I heard it was great. I I don't think I can. I'm sure it's lovely. And of course, you said at the beginning, at the top of the pod, she's an LGBTQ activist. And she developed True Colors Residence, which is a project of West End Residences. I'm literally like quoting off the internet. And uh, with her business manager, it's quote, New York's first and only permanent supportive housing for lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender youth with a history of homelessness. Which is super important. Isn't that amazing? So important. So Cindy's working harder than ever. And I was actually supposed to see her last- not last summer, like does 2020 even exist summer? (laughs) Did that even happen? I know summer 2019. I was supposed to go with my sister-in-law who is a huge Cindy Lauper fan. I was like, Hey, want to go see Cindy? She's like, Oh my God. Yes. I bought the tickets. I took care of all of it. And at the last minute I was like, is it okay if I bail? We were going on a weekend trip, like the next day and I didn't want to be out too late and it was at the Hollywood
1: Bowl. And I'm it- seeing a recurring theme here. <laughs> it's going to be late. <laughs> I get tired. Lori likes to just have fun as long as it's between the hours of <laughs> 10 a.m. and 8 p.m. <laughs>
0: is there really anything so wrong with that? Like between those hours, I'm solid. Like you get me for a good 10 hours. Like it's the best yeah. of me. But after EPM, there's some serious degradation that goes on.
1: And she has like no FOMO, like not at oh, all. Oh no,
0: go have fun, <laughs> go have fun. And even when I asked my sister-in-law, like, how was it? She was like, it was the most incredible concert ever. Cindy puts on an amazing show, which I have heard from multiple people. And I am sorry that I missed it because I do love live music, but it's hard for me. Concerts are late. They start at like eight.
1: Well, and I have to say, when you live in a very crowded place like Southern California, concerts are a chore. When you live in much less populous places, concerts are great because it's easy to get tickets. Parking's not the nightmare. Like I didn't realize this this was at the Hollywood
0: Bowl. Right. Which The Hollywood Bowl is an event in and of itself. It takes careful planning.
1: It does. So, I mean, I will, you know, it's not like you were just like walking down to the corner theater.
0: No, not at all. (laughs)
1: Which I lived in a town where you literally could do. In fact, I walked down to pick up my tickets and I was like, wait, where's the box office? And I'm pretty sure the guy who told me was like, part of the band <laughs> it was like <laughs> <laughs> this was not his job like, but yay. hi I'm the bass
0: player this is what I, I
1: do I think it might have been that's <laughs> so
0: funny <laughs> and it's really fun like at the shows people come like dressed in their full unicorn best and everyone's there just to have a really great time. And I don't know if there's a special name for Cindy fans, but it's really a celebration of individuality and it's just pure love and magic. And that's what Cindy is.
1: I think we have to remember too, that we live in a time. I mean, always it's challenging if you're like on the cutting edge of individuality, but I think that has improved vastly since the 80s, right? In the oh, 80s. certainly. Being an individual was not really smiled upon a whole lot. And so mm-hmm. she was definitely cutting edge with that and continues to be so and continues to support people in doing that, which is really powerful.
0: I love that she is so fully herself and never, ever made apology for the, right. the creative person that she was. It was like, this is me. In all my color and wildness, I never felt like she bought into maybe the machine or allowed herself to be influenced in that way. In fact, if anything, she probably had to fight the good fight for a lot of her career and she did it. Yeah. And I
1: think that that's, as I like think back on her and I think of her now as an adult woman i think like wow like she was a really important role model that i don't know that i acknowledged like for sure and she impacted my world and my life but i don't think that i really appreciated like what a good presence she had and what a good example she has been particularly in the early 80s when women weren't really encouraged to be kind of their own person doing their own thing. And so thank you, Cindy.
0: Thank you, Cindy. We love you.
1: Well, thanks so much for joining us. If you can't wait to hear more, please subscribe so you never miss an episode. And because we are still newbies in this space, if you would leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen, it would mean everything.
0: You can find us on the web at theuntitledgenxpodcast.com. We're also on social media on Instagram and Facebook at The Untitled Gen X Podcast. We hope you keep in touch, beautiful people. Bye. Bye.